This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have with this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Dr. Terence Tse, Associate Professor of Finance at the London campus of ESCP Europe Business School. I think in the future, what we'll be seeing is that lots and lots of people will be taking on gig econ- like a gigs, different gigs to make up of a portfolio rather than working with someone. There will be more and more people like needing to do different things at the same time, which is in turn changes the skill sets that is required. Even though technologies can do a lot of things, you can automate things. A lot of the time you can only automate up to a certain point where you would then need to have human to actually step in. There's no way in heaven that like machines will basically replace human because everything is basically a human problem, as you can see. Right. And machines don't do problem solvings. Everyone, like regardless of which country you're from, have almost the same access, like I said, have access to the same type of technologies. The difference between different people would be who they are. Okay. And how you actually distinguish yourself would basically depends on how motivated you are to learn new things. This is Terence. He's an associate professor of finance at the London campus of ESCP Euro Business School. And he recently co-founded the company Nexus Frontier Tech, an artificial intelligence studio. Besides that, he's also a fellow at the Circular Economy Research Initiative at the University of Cambridge and head of competitiveness studios at the I7 Institute for Innovation and Competitiveness, which is an academic think tank based in London and Paris. Last but not least, He's also the co-founder of the bestseller Understanding How the Future Unfolds, which introduces the framework Drive to harness the power of today's megatrends. This interesting and rich background of Terence is exactly the reason why I invited him to my podcast. I wanted to get his views as an educator, but also as an entrepreneur, how technology can make an impact on people and society and what needs to be done to get this right. And during the interview, you'll learn three things. Firstly, why we need to transform the way we think about how our workforce can add the most value, particularly in combination with AI. Secondly, what to do to ensure AI lives up to its true potential. And thirdly, how and where to apply AI in your business if you're starting first time. So to get the podcast going, Terence, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what drives you on a day-to-day basis? 
Well, thank you very much, Don. My name is Terence Tsi.、Um, I don't know where to start. How to actually introduce myself? If you were to ask me this question last year, I will be telling you that I'm an、uh, associate professor of finance at、uh, ESCP Europe, a business school in like、uh, in France. I think like、uh, more and more so, what we're seeing many other peoples and doing, and certainly this is happening to me, is I would like to call myself a、uh, a full stack freelancer. Okay. Like in the same way, in what what it means is that I'm basically doing very many things at the same time. You know, like、uh, I write, like、uh, I wrote two books. I'm a speaker,、uh, like a keynote speaker. I'm an educator. I am a co-founder and managing director of an AI company. So effectively, I can also be count- counting myself as an entrepreneur. But as much as it sounds like I'm actually blowing my own trumpet and you know saying like sugarcoating what I'm doing, the fact is that I think in the future what we'll be seeing is that lots and lots of people will be taking on gig econ like、uh, gigs, different gigs to make up of a portfolio. Rather than working with someone, and、uh, you know, as the conversation goes, I think what we'll also hear is that you know we'll talk about is you know how AI is actually changing the nature of jobs, and therefore there will be more and more people like、uh, needing to do different things at the same time, which is in turn changes the skill sets that is required. Isn't it the the other way around then that artificial intelligence allows you to to focus on what you're good at? And as a consequence of that, you get more time to do other things. It it is indeed the case, Tom. Like I mean, like、uh, the fact is that right. What lots of people think about AI, I think, like、uh, is this: it's like digital transformation. You ask one hundred people, they will like、uh, you will get one hundred and twenty-five definitions. What exactly does it mean by you know? AI, you know, what does it mean? So different people will have different like、uh, different ideas. Some people would think AI is big data. Some people would consider AI as IoT. Others will think AI is machine learning. Others will think it's just plain automation, a la robotic process automation, like、uh, in the like、uh, you know in like、uh, in in 2015. So different people will have very very different views of AI. But what we have seen, you know, from our experience is this: AI for the moment can only do very very limited amount of things, number of things. Okay, as a matter of fact, what AI is best at is doing routine, standardized work. Anything that is non-standardized, non-routine, that will be like something that humans do. Yeah. So think about it. I mean, if that's the case, right? Effectively, we can also argue that you know, one, while AI can be taking up a lot of the jobs, which is true, you know, like、uh, there's no question about it. And as a matter of fact, if, like、uh, from reading the book, what you will, like、uh, what you also learn is that lots of people think AI is only eliminating blue collar jobs, which is not true because like、uh, AI is actually eliminating a lot more white collar jobs than blue collars. Blue collar jobs, right? So you know, effectively, like、uh, you know, like、uh, we can say yes, okay, you know, like、uh, AI is really eating into our job markets. But having said that, because AI can only do so much these days, it is like in many cases, it is impacting our jobs, not really taking away our jobs. It、yeah. is eliminating a portion of our job, a part of our job, and not the full job. Which basically, like you were saying, Tom, you know, that basically frees us 
to do those things that, you know, like, uh, you know, to do other things. Now, whether it is interesting or not, exciting or not, I don't know. So, but the fact is that, right? Uh, because like, you know, working to me and myself, right? is not interesting, you know? I would rather be sitting on the beach, you know, like uh, sipping my fruit punch. But, you know, like uh, the, the fact is that, like if part of the jobs are gone, what it means is that, you know, we, we need a completely new way of thinking because, you know, like uh, the traditional, like a fear is, is not quite there. And we need, you know, like if anything, we probably need a different type of fear. Probably need a new type of fear. Well, before we go into that, yeah. that topic, yeah. you said you're, you do, uh, you wrote a book, you do keynotes, you're an educator, yeah. and you're also founder or co-founder of a company called uh, Nexus yeah. Frontier Tech. Yeah, tech. Yes. So, so what are what is the red line or the what are the how do you say how do you connect the dots between all these these things? What drives you in your job? Ha! Ah, you know what, Tom? Like uh, I, I would not have asked for a uh, you know better way to 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 uh, get, get me to talk because like uh, and and this is I think one of the very very like a key things when it comes to people surviving in the future when it comes to the jobs is this. Answering your question first, what actually connects the, the uh, everything? It's basically through the writing and pick up the knowledge along the way. Now, I'm not saying that I'm particularly good or like a, an expert in anything, but what I have done in the past and I like it's proven to be it has proven to be uh, valuable to me is the fact that I managed to you know connect the different dots which I previously never thought it would be. So, for instance. You know, like uh, the fact that, you know, when we're writing the book Drive, we are looking at five, you know, people usually do not actually like uh, think that they are actually related, but somehow they are related, right? Now, I'm not saying that it is actually a breakthrough in terms of thinking, but what it does allow us to do was to actually give ourselves a, a fairly good overview of things. And from that point, we basically managed to build the different new knowledge on top of that. Yeah. And basically, it's like uh, with a framework to connect the different dots. And, the, and, and, and then like uh, the reasons why we ended up like uh, me and Mark actually ended up opening, like uh, starting an AI company was exactly coming out of drive, believe it or not. Because when we were actually doing the research, we realized that, wow, you know what? Technology is really doing quite a lot of things and uh, it's really moving very fast. We need to actually spend more time thinking about technologies. And this was basically how it connected us. Like a connected, connected, like a everything that allows me to do my, like, uh, you know, to do what I'm doing. Cool, cool. Yeah. So the company that you co-founded, Nexus Frontier Tech. Yeah. What is it? What is the big idea behind it? Ah, okay. You know what? It all depends on who actually you speak with. So first, uh, we call it Frontier Tech because, like, uh, we thought it was cool because we were actually we want to actually say, you know, we are at the very forefront when it comes to adopting technologies. So our initial idea was doing AI and then blockchain. But then what we have realized later on is that blockchain is still quite a while to go. It's still a long way to go, especially given the fact that, you know, when we actually, like I said, even AI, the, the uptake is much slower than we, like, uh, we expect. So I think like a uh, blockchain will be really far away. But if you talk to a lot of the tech entrepreneurs, they will even tell you that, you know, even frontier tech is like, uh, you know, like a terms that people use in the past because they have already moved on. So what we like to do is this, you know, at first we, we think we are at vanguard in terms of technologies and everything. Now we realize that our main, basically main job is to actually slow down a little bit 
so that we can actually help companies to speed up. So uh, this okay. this is what like uh, what we're trying to do. But it's fascinating. The journey has been. And what you pointed out here is that's an interesting one in itself. But everybody feels that it's going so fast with things like AI. Huh. You're saying the opposite. It's, sl- it's really really slow. It is so really slow. What do you believe is the reason why it is why the adoption of it is slow? Okay. Let me tell you why it is fast, okay? Why we feel so fast? Simply because we believe that AI is moving so fast because of this media coverage. There are lots of people, companies talking about, you know, like a, you know, a media channel saying that, oh, you know what, tomorrow AI is going to actually take over our life. Look at what Watson can do. Look at what Google can do. I mean, if you look at Alexa, right? Alexa today is already much better than Alexa three months ago. Okay, so if you look at the, the the media, they all focus on the very big company, how fast they're actually developing AI. Okay, yeah. now, but when it comes to producing AI, you effectively you need different types of people. So there are two main groups of people you need in order to build up the AI product. One is researchers, and the second one are engineers. The reason why I have to actually mention this is simple, because there are only so many researchers out there in the world. And all these researchers at the moment are being like uh, hired with like an astronomical like uh, salary to join the FANGs, the uh, the Facebook, Amazon, uh, Netflix, and Google type of companies. Okay. Now, what it basically means is this. And on top of that, the FANGs do not really care that much about putting AI into business because what they're really after is really pushing the frontier of AI technologies. The, the fact is that I think they, are, they, they, they have got enough capital so they can afford to actually use AI as a showpiece as to actually test out what can be done rather than the, the old, dull, tedious business improvements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, as a result of all the researchers being sucked up by like high, like uh, you know, by by these companies with big salaries, you have got very few researchers left, and two, you have got very few researchers who are willing not like who are willing to work for AI in AI, but not succumb to the high salaries of joining the fangs. As a result, the supply of AI in actual business companies is actually quite low and that contributes to one of the re- like contributes to like a one reason why the uptick has been slow that's one reason yeah. the second reason is come from the demand side so coming from the business side what should be called exactly because what ai can do right now is something very specific you need to have a very very like a clearly defined goal for ai to to achieve Okay. You can't simply say, I want to use AI to improve my like, revenue. That is not saying anything, right? What, what is important is how do you actually do it? If you, even if you're saying that I want to use AI to cut my cost, right? You need to be very specific how and like uh, what exactly you want to cut. Okay. So now what it means is this, like uh, you, in order to basically put AI into your business, what you need to understand is one, what is the business objective? And you have to be extremely clear about that. Two, you need to know the workflows and the processes because if you do not see the workflows and the processes, you won't be able to tell which part you can actually automate. Yeah, true. And believe it or not, 
most company, if not all companies, have no idea what the workflow is like. <laughs> I was I was talking to to a company the other day, and they were like uh, the, the gentleman saying that you know like, uh, he was he was talking to another company, and the company said yeah like uh, yeah we have like, we would like to use AI, and we only have one workflow. Good, okay. So when the gentleman was looking at the company's workflow, as it turned out, it's basically is a, a workflow of sixteen different workflows. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like the, the, the fact is that, you know, with 16 workflows, it's, it's much more difficult to actually put AI into use, especially because like AI at the moment is can only achieve very, very specific goals. So without the workflows, it's hard to implement. And three, I think like another difficulty is this from the manager, like if you're an executive, you're already very busy. On top of that, if you want to put AI into it, the fact that you need to actually map out the workflows and the fact that you need to actually find both the business people and the technology people to actually make sure that it works is a lot of work. In many ways, right? You're probably much better off doing like business as usual because it's easy. <laughs> yeah. I, so I this, think it, these are the three reasons we, we observe when we actually speak with companies why they're actually like a much slower in terms of taking up AI. Yeah, I think you got a very good point there. And then, yeah, of course, beyond that, even if you, if you have a very clear idea what the problem is, if you have a very clear idea how the workflow is going, then it's, of course, also about do you have the right data? And is the data clean enough yeah. to, to really yeah. make really good decisions? Because if a decision is wrong once, okay, fine. If it's wrong twice, you get already in, into doubt. But if it's wrong three yeah. times, it's going to yeah. be uh, uh, out of the door. I fully agree with you, Ton. Like, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, like uh, professional services, like financial services and okay. legal services, you even an accuracy of 99.2% is not good enough because, you know, like uh, you still, you, mm-hmm. as long as like, as like uh, you need to get to 100%. And as a result, what we always actually re- like, uh, you know, like recommend our, our client is this. You can, since we cannot actually give you something that is 100% accurate, right you will need to have the human beings to actually stand next to you uh, yeah, we call it the golden mile you call it what we call it the golden mile in our business we're like uh, we we like uh, in, in nexus we call it the golden mile because that's the that's the last stretch you need to really cover i mean yeah. like uh like uh it, it'll give you an example if you go and like uh go to the airport every time you go to the airport you backdrops these days right you print out your own like uh, boarding pass but you still have to queue and backdrops now you will be asked, I ask myself all the time, why did I pick up my boarding pass? I even print my own bag tag. I still have to go to the, the backdrops where I can actually drop it off. And I have to actually talk to someone and they, like she needs to actually, the person needs to actually look at my, my boarding pass in order to actually figure out like, you know, why, why, why? And so one, like one time I asked them, I said like, uh, you know, why are you doing this? And then she was telling me that the reason was simple because at the moment, what they need to do is use like that to get humans to actually eyeballs to connect the back with the person somehow. Yeah. Okay, so this is like this is how they actually link it. And then I realized at the moment, right, even though technologies can do a lot of things, you can automate things. A lot of the time you can only automate up to a certain point where you would then need to have human to actually step in. And in yes. Singapore, the last time in the, in the newest terminal of Singapore, the fourth, like Terminal 4, what we have seen is that they actually managed to get rid of the person 
to actually do the, to the link the bag with the importing pass. But instead of hiring a person, they were actually asking the, the, the computer asking me to actually link the bag instead. So they got rid of the person, but they still need me as a human to actually cover the final distance. And this is exactly what is happening in the, uh, you know, in the AI business. You need to have the human beings to actually fill the gap. Yeah. That's an interesting one where you have, from, from, from my perspective, two angles again. Mm. The automation angle, and I realize from your saying is that in every single case, a human still needs to, to verify and to, and to make the, the final yep. call. Yep. Which, which, the question at the end is how big of a deal or how big of an impact that could have. But if you yep. turn it the other way around, I believe more in the, in the real value of these solutions when you go even further and, and yep. start to think about how can artificial intelligence, machine learning, pattern recognition, whatever the technology is, help to make, well, to, to, to make the strong and unique aspects of people even stronger? Yeah. Have you, have you, have you, I mean, have you come into those type of scenarios already? We, I mean, like, uh, the fact is this. Yes, I mean, we, like, uh, first, you know, we, we don't buy any of those things where, like, 47% of the, like, uh, the jobs in the U.S. will be, like, uh, will, will be gone by 2025, right? I mean, like, we only talk about, like, uh, you know, seven years from now, it's not going to happen, you know, like, uh, I do, however, buy the fact that, you know, like, uh, driverless cars can, like, uh, you know, will take away a lot of jobs of the drivers. Having said that, this like a, you know the fact having said that the technologies will actually make our jobs probably a little bit more interesting to start with yep. and second i think it would they will increase the value of what humans can actually provide okay so you know give let me give you an example there is a t-shirt manufacturer in china okay yep. Ch- sorry a chinese t-shirt manufacturer it just signed a memorandum of understanding with the government of Kansas okay. to hire 400 employees, okay? And each employee will be paid $14 an hour, okay? Now, effectively, what the T-shirt manufacturer would want to do, would want to do is to put all of them into the factory that they're going to build in the U.S., all right? Mm-hmm. However, they are not going to be put on the production line what they, these 400 people would be doing are basically, they are going to manage robots. Okay. The robots are doing the work, but the 400 people, even though they're blue collar jobs, right? Their new jobs are basically like, uh, you know, as a publication say, they, they're basically, these are like, a, they are becoming robot babysitters. <laughs> so I, I think effectively, right? You know, you know like, uh, even though we, like, uh, we argue, yeah, you know, blue, like, uh, blue-colored jobs are going to disappear. But the fact is that all the heavy lifting can actually be done by machines. And we humans could actually be doing you know, those kind of jobs that are a little bit more like, uh, easier, that relies much less on the you know, labor intensiveness or like a pure strength. So that's one thing that you know, I can think of. Another thing we can think of is this, you know, in my company, we have got a intelligence, we've got a product called Intelligence Scanner, which yeah. is much better than the traditional OCR. Traditional OCR, you can achieve about 60%, 60% accuracy. Our, our Intelligence Scanner can actually reach 99.2% accuracy. Okay. Now, what it means is basically this. If you were to use an intelligence scanner to go through like uh, documents, so let's say, like many sales jobs, 
with cloud, like uh, so many sales transactions or negotiations almost always start with NDAs. Okay, yeah. so you get people to sign the NDA. Now, the NDA, you can argue that they have look very similar and they're different, right? Now, what traditionally, what needs to be done is that the salespeople would need to spend a lot of time going through the NDA, customizing it. What yeah. happens if you have a machine that allows you to actually read and learn what are the key elements that should be going into an NDA. And all the humans need to do the sales needs, like the sales person needs to do is to review the actual output. Now okay. that basically, if you think about it, right, you're effectively saying, okay, one, take away all the boring stuff, boring part of the sales job. And two, you get the humans to actually concentrate on what the humans can do best, i.e. sales, because machines, as far as I'm concerned, is not very good at selling if they can sell at all. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's these type of scenarios and there's uh, that, yeah, that, that really add to, well, to create more value indeed. That's the, that's the yeah. summary of it. Yeah, um, that's exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've already been talking about uh, what, you've, what you learned from, uh, from working in this space and what your views are. If you would have given advice to, um, to a CEO or, or an executive, uh, how <laughs> to stay relevant going forward or the, the, things that, the top three things they need to do yep. in order to, to make an impact uh, with these technologies, what would that be? Okay. So the first thing that came into my head would be saying, oh, you know what, get onto AI, but I'm not telling you anything because like, uh, apparently there is a very interesting, like, uh, so there is a company, it looks at like, uh, the earning calls like, uh, from different companies. And what it is seen is that basically big data like uh, was going up like this. And then like uh, now what happened is that the, the dimensioning of big data has actually come out like this, but AI has gone up like this. So like uh, effectively people are like executives are talking much less about big data and more and more of them are talking about AI, right? Exactly. So the fact that if I were telling you that, yeah, they should all be going to AI, I'm not telling you saying anything. What I believe to be the truly important points to executive is this one you know it is for sure you need to actually start thinking about ai because like uh, it's first thing you need to bear in mind is this ai is like uh, it's more in the sense of intelligent automation yeah okay so you know like uh, do not think ai is a panacea is it the universal solution to everything what ai can do at best is something that is very very narrow True. Okay, very, very narrow objective. So like uh, the number one thing is if they are actually thinking uh, first, you know, they need to do AI, but that's default. If they're going to think about it, they need to actually think about what is the most critical element, you know, when it comes to, you know, like uh, critical, like, uh, you know, like, uh, like uh, business activity that is organizationally simple that they can actually AI with ease. Because the last thing you want to do is to actually adopt a huge AI project that goes nowhere. You want to start with something small, okay? So that's one. Two, you need to be able to make sure that you come up with the necessary resources to support it. Because uh -huh. at the moment, AI is not cheap. Especially, there are like, uh, if you consider the type of AI products you can adopt, technically speaking, you have got two types. One is highly customized, but very expensive. Or you buy something that is one size fit all, but they are not terribly good, but it's cheaper. Okay, we would recommend yeah. going for like customized, even though it is expensive, because if you really want to max out the effect, 
right? Like uh, that, like benefits you can make, you should go for customize. You know, I know it is expensive right now, but, and that's the is, reason why. You, well, is, is, is customized in this case the same as go vertical and go deep? What it means is that in like a, it means building a AI product that fits exactly your situation. That's yeah. what we're saying. Like, uh, so if like, uh, because like a uh, different companies will have very different work, like a uh, workflows, right. And very different, uh, systems, you know, I, especially IT system is, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, how to actually get the IT system to talk together, talk to each other. So, you know, make sure that like, uh, you customize things because otherwise, right. It will, it, it is not, it, a project will not probably go anywhere. Right. So that's the second one. The third thing I think like, uh, you know, I, we always recommend people to do is this. If you are starting for the first time to do AI, make sure that you think about going for a cost-saving activity rather than revenue enhancing. The right. reason is because you, what you want to do is to be able to achieve and show the return on investment. If okay. you do if you cannot show the return on investment, people will say, you know, like, uh, what's, what's the point of doing this? Or people will, like, uh, will be asking, so, like, uh, you know, is money wasted? If you think about it, cost saving is a lot easier to actually show the result because you can actually calculate the savings. Revenue, yes, you can see the revenues, but revenue depends on both external and internal factors, whereas cost savings, a lot of the time, is just internal factors. So it's a lot easier to actually like, uh, be able to reach the KPI and then you know, compare the KPI with the, with the budget. It's like, uh, you know, and, and this allows you to actually build up the, 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 the buy-ins, allows you to build up the, uh, you know, the confidence in taking them like, a bigger step you know, into the AI business. But isn't that then fueling again the whole fear that people think, okay, we're going to have AI in our company and that mm -hmm. will mean that I will, I will lose my job again. Correct. So like, exactly. Now you are going to meet a lot of challenge because like, uh, you know, like, uh, because within the company, say, whoa, you know, someone, my, my boss is actually coming up with a project that like, uh, that uh, basically get, get rid of my job. Right. And this is like, uh, this is again, you know, go back to the resources. I guess, you know, you need to actually think about, you know, how to actually place the people, you know, that can be affected. It's a lot of work. You see, like the, what is so interesting in, in like, uh, you know, in talking, like, uh, you know, describing the whole thing to you is this. We're basically talking about a human problem rather than a technology problem. Yeah, true. Yeah. I've heard that before. Like everything, everything we've been talking about is basically how to deal with the, the humans. You know, the, the technology itself is simple, right? You know, like in, in many ways, it's a lot simpler because like, uh, you know, it's literally a box, you know, you build a box and then the process around it is human, right? You need to yeah. basically be able to manage it. You need both the business people and the technological people, technology people to run the whole shebang. Yeah. That's human. And how do you actually allay the fear of your staff? That is again, human. It's a, you know, like, uh, you know, if you look at this, right, there's no way in heaven that like machines will basically replace human because everything is basically a human problems, as you can see, right? True. And machines don't do problem solvings. No, and I think that's where the future at the end lies. Correct, correct. You see, like, what, what happened is this. Now, we, what it also means is that like, as, 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 as people, like, 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 I think like you and me, right? What we need to do is to constantly upgrade our skill sets 
because like uh, you know a lot of the, the the simple stuff they're actually like no longer like done by us by like by 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 machines like i mean like uh, there are places where like articles are actually written by machines right so uh you know yep so you know like uh, what like uh, what we need like uh, to really do is to basically really actually continue to lift our skills and this is something that like uh, I, like i'm i'm too old to deal with this so like uh, to worry about this so i'm okay my kids are like i want to make sure that my kids who are young to make sure that they know the technologies the coding and that sort of thing so i think they will be okay because they are growing up in a technology like technology environment my greatest worries are actually those who are in the 30s late 20s 30s yeah you know at the time when you know traditionally this is the moment where we are going to settle in a job and then we you know go and buy our like our first properties and then like you know sell a family mm-hmm. if everything is fragmenting right you know like the business our jobs even our jobs are fragmenting right what are we going to do how are we going to survive you know, it's too late to go back to school or in many ways. I mean, like, uh, and even if you go to schools, well, like, uh, what kind of skills are being provided to you at the tender age of 30? I don't know. So it is hard. It is yeah, that, brings, hard. that brings the whole thing back to the beginning of the discussion where yeah. you said, if you would ask me a year ago what I was doing, I was doing yeah. completely different things. Correct. And I'm now doing five different things. Correct. Now, can you like uh, now and 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 you know like uh, our parents would like uh, basically always say like uh, I remember my parents say listen like uh, you know go and like uh, go and like uh, do a job you know go into this industry and you'll be like uh, you're set for life okay sure. what industry I don't even know what the industry is I don't even know what your your industry or my industry is right these, these days and you know as like uh, if in the future we will be doing a lot of different things when like uh, we do need to actually come up with you know different skill sets to do different things you know speaking it's like uh, it's a different skill writing is a different skill teaching is a different skill and managing companies is a different skill right so these are all different i'm not saying that i'm good at that but at least you know like uh, what i can see is that there is a need to basically be able to cover to use the different skills yeah, yeah. exactly is there a final thought that you want to leave uh, is there a big advice or a big, yes. uh, a big ask. Yes. You know what, if, you know, like, uh, if, if I'm allowed, you know, to, to actually ask, to say one big advice to everyone, I would basically say this, make sure you actually stay motivated to learn. I believe that this is, the, this is a very critical thing because as we go into the future, because machines can do a lot of things that we can do, technologies we almost everyone like regardless of which country you're from have almost the same access like i said have access to the same type of technologies the difference between different people would be who they are okay and how you actually distinguish yourself would basically depends on how motivated you are to learn new things to connect new things to venture out in different opportunities to actually like uh, catch opportunities and i think you know like uh, you know unfortunately as i said every time like uh, when i go into the tube and look at someone playing computer games on the mobile phones i would say is this a moment wasted strong point <laughs> i think i completely agree with that uh, terence Your last quote absolutely sums it up quite nicely. It's no matter what technology is going to do, no matter how it's going to impact us in a positive or negative way, learning will always be incredibly important, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, and no matter where you are. So, yeah, thank you for your very inspiring input today. Tony, thank you you very much for having me. (laughs) 
It was a pleasure, Terence. And for everybody else, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor today to speak to Dr. Terence Tse, Associate Professor of Finance at the ESCP Europe Business School, author, but also co-founder of Nexus Frontier Tech. You can find more on Terence in a variety of ways. First of all, there's Twitter. The Twitter handle of Terence is TerenceCMC. You can also, of course, find him on LinkedIn. Or you can simply go to the website of ESCP Europe Business School, which you can find at www.escpeurope.eu. And last but not least, you can go to his AI company's website, www.nexusfrontier.tech. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.